Hello, everybody, and welcome to Call a Safe Point, but not for me, where it's not the best choice, it's Spacer's choice. I am your co host, Tully Hodgkinson. And I'm your co host, Declan Verbancourt. Today on the show, we are going to be covering one of my favorite games in the last uh, few years, and that is The Outer Worlds by Obsidian Entertainment. Um, Declan, I would like to know what your history with this game is, because you played it before the show, right? Yeah. Um, I learned about it from a close friend of mine that I was living with at the time, um, because I had no prior knowledge to it, and uh, I immediately pre-ordered it, and I played it, but I didn't get very far. I didn't even leave uh, Terra 2 right away. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I tried coming back to it, but I, I never really got around to it. I guess it was like expectations to be kind of like, you know, Skyrim, another RPG. Um, but I... Uh, spoiler alert! Quite liked it this time around. It was it was very fun. That's good. Um, my experience with it, I am the kind of person who gets sucked into like the big games conferences hype. So I love like uh, E three and like all the Nintendo directs. Like I eat that shit up. And I remember when this game was first announced, I was so excited for it. I didn't even really understand why I was excited for it. It just looked really cool. And it, uh, it was developed by Obsidian Entertainment, who made Fallout New Vegas, uh, which I know you and I both really like that game. Yeah, very uh, good game. So I was super, yes, it is a very good game. I was super excited to play it, and it just sucked me in when this game came out. I, I adore this game. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of curious. I guess my first question that I want to ask you is, like, do you know what about this playthrough for the show made you enjoy it more than your first time around okay um it might have been updates or it might have been um i I don't know like the the game might have changed a little bit um the reason that the first time around i didn't really like it was because i thought it was like crazy difficult um which i usually like but i just kept dying like i couldn't overcome it um now I look back and I realize I literally only used the Spacer's Choice pistol um, to get around to my level one one. Yep. And I, I didn't use anything else. And uh, mm-hmm. th- that's why I kept dying. Another thing that I previously noticed was that there's not much indication of you getting damage, but that seems like it's changed um, since it came out. Mm-hmm. It's like you would take damage and I would have no idea where it was coming from. Um, And I didn't know where like any of the enemies are, but a lot of that stuff, I think just some quality of life updates came out. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just fresh eyes and I'm making all this up, but I think, I think some things have changed. Um, But to get into the meat meat and potatoes of this, um, I like all the characters are lovable, you know, like they all are brimming with character. It mm-hmm. is, it is a very stark difference going from an RPG like Skyrim and going to, uh, well, Skyrim being like a, uh, Bethesda, um, crafted game, which New Vegas was, but it was made by Obsidian, and then going to mm-hmm. an Obsidian standalone you can see like the quality shift in their character development. Um, it is it's it's ridiculous how like just how like unique and distinct every character feels in this game. 
I remember when it came out, and it still holds true to this day, like, this game is an example of what AAA games could be with, like, a quarter or, like, a third of what a AAA game's budget is. Mm. Like, this game is is so well polished and it's not like a particularly long game like you could probably beat it in like 20 hours which by rpg standpoint isn't like crazy long um but what is there is so high quality and well polished it's easily one of my favorite rpgs within the last 10 years i'd say you don't know how many hours it took me to beat this game this this playthrough I'm pretty sure, honestly, it was, like, 16. It's, it's a, like, I was actually surprised at how short it was. I didn't realize it was only going to be, like, 15 to 20 hours. It's very short. I blazed through it, but you can extend its game time by just doing any of the side quests. It seems like like all, well, most, if not all, NPCs have some kind of side quest they give you. Mm-hmm. All which the I think companions have like their own side quests and stuff. Yeah, which are some of my favorite side quests. Actually, brings out a lot of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, kind of going off of the the side quest point, would you say that? Because I know in Skyrim, you said like a lot of the quests in that game are just kind of dumb, boring shit. Would you levy that argument against some of the stuff you played in this game? Um. Yes and no. There were some that I felt like um, were kind of recycled. Like some I was like, oh, it's one of these, you know. But Mm -hmm. the vast majority was all original content. And that's something I already expect from Obsidian seeing their previous work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. So that's like a yes and a no, you know. Yeah, for sure. The thing that I particularly like about this game, like obvious, like of course it's the the characters, and just how like individual they feel. Like everyone feels like they have their own unique personality, but that also plays into the side quest and the just quests in general, because you can go like, I I generally struggle with going with like the evil route in video games, like. I'm the kind of person who, like, feels bad when they do mean shit to, like, NPCs and stuff. This game, like, I absolutely cannot do it. I tried probably three or four times this playthrough to do, like, mean, evil shit, and I just couldn't do it because all the characters are just, like, lovable, and they all have their own unique personalities that make them feel like a real person, and it makes you feel bad for doing, like, bad shit. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's, like, it's, it's fascinating how the studio with the budget they had were able to create like a world that really felt lived in like of course that's the objective of all rpgs is to make a world that like feels unique and lived in but this game is like a prime example of how to do that because it does it so well definitely i know where you're coming from 100 percent. like it's hard to backstab a lot of these people so like in skyrim i could totally just like steal a bunch of shit from people and not not feel bad or kill whoever in this game i don't want to do that you know Mm -hmm. the only time i think i did end up doing something like crazy bad was uh there's this quest that you have to pick up um that 
one companion. I can't remember. Noyoka. I can't remember how to pronounce that. Oh, Nyoka. Yeah. Okay. So I was pretty close. Um, you have to pick up those, um, uh, pretty much aspirin, I think, to get her going. Um, yep. Like the so, caffeine sober pills. Her yep. And, uh, the old lady who's definitely flirting with you, um, does not want to give it to you. And I was like, honestly, I, just i can't be fucked to do whatever side quest she wants and i just went and stole them <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because the side quest does just end with you stealing them like i don't think there's any other option like Seriously? you just flirt with her for a while yeah and then she sends you to go find whatever doctor she's talking about and the doctor's dead so you just use his key card to go into the room and steal the shit oh i skipped that i just picked the lock and went and grabbed it <laughs> yeah i don't know if there's any alternative to that quest where she just gives them to you. I think you do just have to, like, break into that room and steal them. Um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. That old lady, just, like, I think I had uh, Ellie on my team, and she was, like, calling me gross for flirting with her. Yeah, I had the same thing. She's like, you're disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so funny. That's the thing. Like, I I was genuinely surprised when this game came out, like, the, the companions that you get, there are very few. I think there are seven total, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. And all of them have, like, they have unique interactions with, like, the NPCs that you talk to and even each other. Like, if you're just, like, out in the world doing whatever, your NPCs will just, like, casually, or your companions, I should say, will just casually chat with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, one that I thought was particularly interesting was... Um, Parvati and Felix. Uh, Felix happens to mention, like, Tossball or whatever when you're on Monarch. And Parvati uh, says that she's never... She doesn't know anything about Tossball, which is, like, the this world's baseball, right? And so, like, every time you bring them with each other, like, depending on how frequent, like, they interact with each other, Felix will through multiple conversations like just throughout the game will go on to teach parvati about how tossball works and like the the rules and the the dynamics of that game and i thought that was super fucking fun because it's just like in a lot of other rpgs like every time you walk past an npc they just like say random shit at you but a majority of the time the language you're hearing from these npcs is like them talking to each other which is something you don't actually like see a whole lot of Right. Um, I remember this one time I walked into the Unreliable and uh, Nioka was giving Parvati um, a uh, shooting crash crash course, but she couldn't do it because she's not so great with uh, weapons. And Nioka was like, just think about it as a machine and you're you're using it as like a tool to fix like corrupt or something. It was something crazy like that. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I got that one too. All the like NPC interactions in this game are very they're very unique and they're all a ton of fun. Uh so the next thing I kinda wanna touch on is like quest stuff. So did you do you didn't do any of the DLC, did you? No, I didn't, but I plan on going back after um this and checking out at least one of the DLCs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we probably won't touch on the DLC uh, for this show. I didn't get around to a ton of it either. I think I got like probably a decent chunk of the way through the first one, uh, Paraline Gorgon, but I never got to touch murder on Ariandus. That's um, the one I want to so, look at. <laughs> uh, so the one, 
what I would like to touch on is like the the way the quests work in this game. I the maps like there isn't one cohesive map. It's a bunch of different worlds with maps on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed how the quests work, where it was like you would go to one world and meet a bunch of characters and these characters would have issues and maybe you would help them fix those issues or make those issues worse and through the game it's like and the missions that you're doing for these characters it demonstrates like that um and the game even tells you too like just through casual npc chat like that the world is recognizing what you're doing to help the like these characters through your missions and like i i thoroughly enjoyed all of like the just the like dynamic stuff that the game showed you to like demonstrate like how the 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 choices you make in this world are recognized and it it like it affects like how certain characters see you i liked all that stuff a lot yeah um i i remember my previous playthroughs, I always uh, um, fixed up Edgewater and left the Botanical Labs um, down. But uh, this time I decided to help out the Botanical Labs um, for whatever reason. And uh, I did the same thing, yeah. On on other planets, you'd hear like um, the terror of or the terror of Terror Two or something like that, um, and how uh, Edgewater is basically SOL because of uh, what they did and I was like oh that's cool <laughs> like yeah they like talk the, about your actions the loading yeah like and the loading screens are sometimes like almost newspaper clippings of articles where it's like talking about the things you did on these worlds whether it was like the stuff on Edgewater or Monarch or Byzantium and stuff like that like the mm-hmm. game gives you like physical representations of what it would look like in game for just a layperson seeing what your actions are through like whatever newspaper or news they're watching. Mm-hmm. So my question for you then is like what I guess I should preface this with like from this point I kind of want to talk like spoilers on the game. So spoiler alert for the Outer Worlds if you haven't uh played it, I suggest you do. Um but I kind of want to know, like, of, like, the major major choices in the game, so, like, the stuff in Edgewater or, like, Monarch or um, in the final mission even, like, what, like, are some of the big choices that you made? Okay. I actually uh, anticipated this question, so I, I, I'm actually locked and loaded for this. Um, so I saved the <laughs> Botanical Lab, <laughs> um, obviously, and... Uh, Edgewater went to shit, and then uh, the ground rate breaker doesn't have like a huge thing, does it? I don't think. Uh, it not really. It has some side quests that it happens to mention in like the final cutscene of the game, uh, but I don't think it has anything like major. Well, I got Parvati and uh, the engineer lady together. Um, on Monarch, I. I got the Iconoclast and the MSI together um, in the end. Yes. Nice. That's what I did, too. Um, and I, I killed off that one guy, the original leader, which I felt a little bad yep. about. Um, I think I think you have to do that. I don't think the game gives you a choice in that regard. 
Well, it felt it definitely felt like I had a choice, you know. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, the game almost feels like it's trying to give you a choice, but the character doesn't want to. Right. Um, on Byzantium, I reasoned with the uh, the minister mm-hmm. to to get me to tell him where everything is, or no, to get him to tell me where everything is. My bad. Um, and uh unfortunately i killed all those test subjects in getting the uh things or the uh, chemicals Mm -hmm. um and then in the final mission uh, also i I never turned in phineas wells even though i heavily considered it at one point (laughs) i did too yeah it's almost like you and i just had the exact same playthrough which is surprising <laughs> i thought you and i were gonna have like a lot of different stuff in our playthroughs but we did a lot of the same stuff yeah and then on the final mission i spared the uh douchebag um face of the company whatever and chairman rockwell yeah i spared him but i had to kill the other board lady oh yeah um and that final fight was kind of a lackluster that whole ending thing i thought was a little mm-hmm. but that's probably because um all my dialogue skills were so high that no one shot at me and i could just walk <laughs> up and then kill the robot and then her and then the game ended <laughs> uh-huh so i think like that's kind of the thing that i enjoy about this game is it is definitely the kind of game where obviously other than like the characters that you have to kill like just the standard, like, marauders or hostile, like, creatures that are inhabiting these worlds. Like, the game does a very good job of just giving you the option to talk your way through all your problems. Like, which, which is a heavy component in New Vegas, too. It kind of takes, yep. fu- it, it takes the fun away uh, in uh, subsequent playthroughs, but for your first one, it's pretty fun to just be able to talk. Or, like, the first time you do yeah. it. Because, like, and the game, I imagine if you took this route like if you just wanted to kill everybody and make everyone's life miserable you could i have obviously previously mentioned that i don't have the heart to do that so i didn't but like the game does a very good job of giving you the tools to like if you just want to try and help everybody you absolutely can like there are options on every planet for all the major factions to either help them and like save them from ruin or just completely fuck them over and make their lives all miserable and terrible. And it the game does a very good job of, like, demonstrating to you what those do. Like, the final cutscene of the game basically is a, like, where are these characters now type deal. And it goes through, like, all of the major areas and factions, and it lists, like, what your actions had on their lives. Like, again, spoiler alert... But, like, if you shut down the botanical gardens, it details, like, the people from Edgewater, like, tried to take refuge in the botanical gardens with their leader, but she shunned some of them away. So chances are is a majority of people who lived in Edgewater had to die of starvation because the the leader of the botanical gardens group didn't want to take in, um, like, corporate lackeys or whatever, right? And, like, it details how, like, the MSI and Iconoclasts, when, if you bring them together, like, they become one of the biggest corporations in the the Halcyon system. 
and stuff like that. And like, so the game not only gives you the option to make these big choices, but it tells you what happens. Like, this isn't just the kind of game where you make choices and then the game just kind of ends and nothing happens. It demonstrates to you what those actions had on the characters and like the the world. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, but it's the same way in uh, New Vegas. So, so now that I, you mention it, I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, when I was strapping in for the the story time at the end, I was like, "Oh, this is uh, quite like New Vegas." I was a little disappointed with that, and that's why I think the ending is a bit poor. But um, I mean, hey, if it works, it works. You know, like it. It's definitely interesting to see your impact on the future. Um, the only reason I was a little turned off by it was because uh, I've I've seen it before in uh, one of mm-hmm. their own previous titles. Mm-hmm. I I actually liked it a lot. Like I have also played New Vegas, but I think something about I think something about um, like being able to see what your actions had on these people is like it's it's almost more gratifying than if they had just kind of left it. Like yeah, because it's. It's not, like, a thing you see in video games a lot. Like, especially games like Mass Effect, where it totes that, like, your actions have consequences and you see that in the world. Like, you see it maybe in gameplay, but those games don't always necessarily demonstrate what happens after the fact. Mm -hmm. And I think this game does a really good job of demonstrating to you, like, how your actions affected this world. Right. I'm not trying to take anything away from that i'm just like like i enjoyed it but i've just you know i've seen it before but uh yeah other than that like they did a good job explaining things they combed over everything even your companions if you did did their quests um you would get something for that just to see where they're at you know Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the combat in the game did you enjoy it here's what happened at first, I was like, ugh, it's so, like, sluggish and kind of awkward. But then I adopted something from uh, my, my uh, or one of my favorite shooters, Borderlands, and I was just, like, flipping through guns and jumping around, and it made it a lot more fun to play. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you can pick off, like, the Obsidian like fallout scab and you can just like do whatever it has a very intense and um rewarding battle system um and uh combat system i should say rather than a well i mean battle combat same thing but um it like if if you're fast and uh, you have an understanding on how the guns work, it can be very rewarding and easy to get through a lot of encounters. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree. So the problem I have with the combat system is it doesn't feel like it's built for console. Uh, I played on Xbox. You played on PC. Mm-hmm. Um the game, as far as, like, shooting goes with console, feels very stiff, and, like, there isn't, like, it just, it doesn't feel good on console to use the guns, so, uh, that's why you saw me having to, re- like, resort to using, like, melee weapons. Yeah, and I, point, I, I asked you about me... that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you asked me about like I think it was yesterday I was playing and you were like, why are you using melee weapons? And I didn't tell you why because I didn't want to spoil this for the show. But I I used melee weapons because I felt like I had to because the the shooting at least on console it doesn't feel great. It feels fine, but it's not it's not like fantastic. And that's not necessarily a knock on the game. Like I think that's more just a reflection of shooters, first person shooters in general, not being like being more like easy to play on PC because like the mouse is just easier to use. Mm-hmm. So. I resorted to using melee weapons, but that's actually kind of where my criticisms for that end, because even using melee weapons is actually surprisingly fun. Like, all the melee weapons, like, are pretty, like, unique and interesting, and I liked using them, because it was fun to just set your companions to melee and short-range combat, and then just all three bum-rush one dude and just fucking truck them. So, that stuff was actually... Uh, a lot more fun than I expected because I almost never use uh, melee weapons in games like this. And uh, I'm actually the complete opposite. I never used a melee weapon once in this game. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it makes sense because, like, I'm playing a point-and-click adventure game and you're playing a tank loader, you know what I mean? You have to, like, aim your shit completely perfect. Um, especially for some of, some of the more accurate and powerful weapons. If you miss, like, you're fucked. But yeah, like, for sure. I just I just had to train on their head, you know. So I I completely get where where you're coming from with that. Yeah, like this isn't necessarily a critique of the game, more so than it is me realizing, like I had this realization when you and I were playing Apex Legends and Call of Duty Warzone recently, where it's just like shooters are more and more coming to a point where they're just not made to be played on console like super well, mm-hmm. like. Some of them work, like Warzone works pretty well on console, but games like Apex and The Outer Worlds, and I would even argue some of the Fallout games, just they don't work as well on console as maybe they would like PC, where using that mouse gives you a much needed uh, boost in accuracy. Yeah, because I, I remember, and this is kind of off topic, but topic, um, but we were trying to find a battle royale and we were playing apex and i was enjoying it because i was like shredding and then uh you were having difficulties but it's mainly because you couldn't land your shots and i definitely Mm -hmm. i definitely think it's got something to do with uh controller versus mouse and keyboard um gameplay i think a lot of console shooters have like aim assist i don't think apex does though i think that might be why and i'm sure there are going to be some like PC elitists who were like, oh, but, uh, aim assist is bullshit, but console fucking needs it, y'all. Yeah. Like, that shit's rough to play without it, and Apex is a perfect example. Maybe I just turned off aim assist at some point like an idiot and didn't realize it, but, like, aim assist, like, without, like, on console, without aim assist, is a, it's a tough time for, like, especially competitive shooters. Right. Um, I, I totally agree on that and i am by no means a uh, pc elitist i will say i'm a pc enthusiast um but i've (laughs) I've been playing console my whole life up until i finally built my pc but um like when you when you do have to use a controller like it's hard to like actually aim you know like your aim's gonna be dog shit because you're you're messing with two joysticks 
um, to aim, and like you're never gonna be you're never gonna be shooting where you want to shoot unless you're like uh, Jesus himself, like turning water into wine, making your joysticks go directly where we want. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other kind of gripe that I had with, um, maybe not the combat system in general, but like the weapons is there isn't like, as the levels kind of go on, like the weapons stay the same and it's almost Mm. hard to distinguish like which ones are better other than just like the flat damage increase or whatever. And I think at the top of the show, when you said like, I didn't get like, through Edgewater because I was just using the standard pistol and I wasn't changing my weapons. I think that's a pretty good example of that because, like, the weapons they give you, like, they don't change. Like, in Skyrim, there's a visible, like, a visible indication, like, you start with, like, iron weapons and then by the end of the game you're using, like, ebony weapons or daedric weapons. Like, there's a visual and unique distinction between the weapons in Outer Worlds that's not necessarily the case. Like, there are different varieties of weapons, but they don't... Like, it's the same variety throughout the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you can pick up a heavy assault rifle in Edgewater, and then pick up one in Byzantium, and uh, there'll be, like, a 600 DPS difference, but they'll look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Or, like, the one actual distinction they give you is, like throughout the game they they quote upgrade the weapons so like they'll like maybe you'll start with like a plasma cutter melee weapon mid game it'll be called plasma cutter gold won't look any oh, yeah. different it'll be the same weapon late game it'll be called plasma cutter platinum all three of those weapons look exactly the same and the only distinction is the name and whatever damage increase and that stuff i felt was kind of frustrating because it was hard to know other than if you just look at the damage increase like if these weapons are actually better than the ones you're using, uh, that stuff I thought was I I didn't necessarily like that aspect as much. Definitely, I know exactly what you're talking about because I was like, I got the Vermin um, pistol and I was like, oh, finally a new uh, revolver. But that was the last difference I've, I had seen in a weapon, and that was like um, just stepping foot on. Uh, what was the name or wherever the uh scientists are is that monarch no which scientists like the uh you know the quests where they're not supposed to actually be uh doing research or anything um on that planet i think that i believe that is monarch okay yeah i believe so because like I got that there, and then I never saw a different one again. Just, like, more vermin, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, the vermin, the vermin 2, the vermin 3, or something like that. Like, those are the, those are the quote, distinctions. And there's a couple named weapons that are a little different. Like, you can pick up the uh, um, euthanasia shotgun during a quest, and you can pick up uh, Phineas's something, Finn's something. I can't remember the name of it. That was a pretty good Yeah, but they're still game. the same. They're still the same weapon models. Like they still look exactly identical to whatever the like base model is. Like there's not a huge variety yeah. as far as like different weapons go. So the the weapons were kind of uh not great. Something I'm curious about though, I'm on your end is uh 
who did you rock on your squad? Like, who were the companions you always took with you? I, for the most part, except for when I was doing, like, whatever companion quests I needed to do, I almost always ran Parvati and Ellie. Those are easily my two favorite companions in the whole game. Yeah, Ellie's great. I had uh, Ellie and uh, Nioka the whole time, I think. And uh, sometimes I would bring Felix. But uh, mostly it was uh, those two. So uh, I think we should kind of touch on the companions now. Like, do you like how did you like doing the the companion quests? Yes, definitely. I think they were all um, interesting in their own right, especially Ellie's, which was really short, but it was still funny. Yeah, (laughs) it's really fun. Like dropping in on their spoiler alert, dropping in on their parents, and they've collected their ins- uh, life insurance money because she's quote dead, and then filing yeah. it in her new name, <laughs> and then she takes the money. It's pretty nice. All funny. of the companion quests are like really fun and clever. I my favorite is Parvati's quest where you meet uh, Jun Lane Tennyson, who is like the the head engineer on the Groundbreaker. Uh, which is a ship, by the way. Uh, and, like, her quest is basically getting, like, Parvati to have the confidence to, like, basically ask June Lay out and to be her girlfriend. And, it like, I'm, like, a sucker for that kind of shit. Like, I'm the dude whose guilty pleasure is, like, romantic stuff sometimes. So that is easily my favorite quest in the whole game of just you, like, trying to help parvati through her anxieties of like well what if she doesn't like me and whatever and it's like bitch she fucking does just go ask her out it's so much fun to like help not even just parvati but like the characters in general like work through some of their anxieties and like problems like Nioka's companion quest is all about helping her work through her her grief of losing her like, some of her closest friends from a long time ago, or, like, Felix's quest is about helping him work through somebody who he thought was a role model but was actually just using him for whatever means and helping him understand that, like, not everybody you look up to is going to be a role model, but there still are people to look up to. And, like, all of the, like, companion quests and the companions in general are just all, like... They're all their own individual people with their own individual problems. And the companion quests are a great way of demonstrating, like, not only what it means to help them, but maybe what it means to, like, help yourself through some of this stuff. Like, if you happen to relate to whatever, like, it's a like a real human way of demonstrating what it looks like to, like, work through some of this stuff with other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And hey, man, you're not alone. I, I am a sucker for for uh, rom coms, as embarrassing as that is. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. We just gotta. Society just needs to learn how to normalize men having feelings. But that's a talk for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not sure that really fits on a gaming podcast. We'll um, talk about that on a different show, maybe. <laughs> yeah, if we ever get there. Um. But another cool thing that I liked about uh, Parvati's first, because it's broken up into two, um, quest, is that her first one is called Sapphire Wine, and uh, that's just water. 
because because you're taking her to the bar and she's like trying to drink and you have to get her to drink water to like calm down yeah yeah i I like how that like Like they're just like calling it water (laughs) yeah like if you wanted to because part of that quest is taking her to a bar because she wants to go get drunk for the first time and then you have the option to just have her keep drinking or you could do the responsible thing and have her drink water so she doesn't get like super hungover um, but yeah, that's funny. I didn't actually notice that. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I pretty much, she had one drink and then I gave her water. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean like they, they have a lot of, uh, very clever things that they do in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I would kind of like to touch on is like kind of the maps in general. Uh, how do you did you did you enjoy like the environments that the game gives you? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Um, there was a lot of just being out in the wilderness in most of these maps, and uh, I gotten used to that. And then I we got to Byzantium, and it's completely different. It's way too clean, and like that was just like a stark change, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like for the most part, I liked all the. Uh, the maps, um, especially the ones um, outside, because they were very, uh, very visually pleasing. Mm-hmm. They're all actually like pretty unique too, which I think is cool. Like it reflects how, like, not all worlds are just going to be like the same weird shit. Mm-hmm. Like, Monarch is like kind of a desolate wasteland with like maybe some plants, but not a ton. And then Edgewater. And Terra 2, uh, as a whole, are, like, pretty, like, luscious and kind of green and, like, not foresty, but there's, like, a lot of trees around. And then, like, Scylla, which is, like, an asteroid, is just, like, rock and, like, dark space and shit like that. I I like how, like, pretty unique all these environments are. Um, Tartarus was a little disappointing to me because it was all inside in their maximum security prison but um i mean it's a cool concept i think the lore reason for that though is like tartarus is like a fucking like a storm planet that is like completely uninhabitable except for this one like maximum security prison that you can't get out of so it kind of makes sense that you never go outside right because if they escape then they just die i, I guess that makes sense it would have been cool to be able to, like, see outside of it, though. I do get that, like, to see what it looks like out on Tartarus. A prison escape side quest would have been cool. Like, if if you did so many bad things, you got locked up on Tartarus, and you had to, like, bust out, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool, yeah. But, yeah, that, that would have been uh, probably a way different um, aspect into the game and having to do like criminal stuff Mm -hmm. yeah i i almost want like at some point i do kind of want to go back and see what happens if you like maybe turn in uh phineas who for those who don't know is like in the beginning of the game you are like cryo frozen on a ship that's like stuck in deep space and then a scientist named phineas wells saves you um I, w- I almost want to know, like, what happens if you do turn him into, like, the board, or, like, what happens if you do, like, just do awful shit in this game? Because obviously, 
neither of us did that. So we had kind of the same playthrough for the most part. But like, I, I think I got as far as I talked to, uh, Udom Bedford, the, the guy, guy on the groundbreaker. Yeah. The guy oh my the God. I was so close to turning him in. Well, no, it's like, there's actually a lot more shit to it. So after you talk to him, you like retrieve his badge or whatever that he sold. Cause he's a fucking idiot. And then you go talk to, uh, the lady that like the, the one lady that you kill in Tartarus, uh, like just before you say Phineas, like you talk to her and then she sends you on a mission to just go kill some innocent lady. And Parvati happened to be with me. And she was like, captain, we're not going to just go kill innocent people. Are we? And I was like, Nope, this is as far as this quest is going. I cannot do this anymore. If Parvati doesn't want to do it, it's not happening. Fuck that (laughs) noise. So I, I never got as far. I never got any further than that, but I, I like I almost want to know how the game ends if you do like turn in uh Phineas. Yeah, um I also kind of wanted to do that cuz I I started talking to Udom and I was like, "Hey, I got information on Phineas." And then he was like, "Oh, great. Um but I'm out of paperwork. I'm, you're going to have to wait until we can get this if you can." And I was like, "This is already like throwing my attention away never mind fuck it i don't want to turn him in <laughs> and yeah then i i held on to that moral for the rest of the game it was like a i don't remember what um quest it is that triggers this but there's a a quest in the game that like once you complete it and you leave the groundbreaker for a while and come back Udon Bedford will be replaced by a different board employee and you can find his dead body in like an alleyway with like a note talking. Yeah, it's crazy. Like talking about a note where he was like disposed by someone from the board because he wasn't useful anymore. It's crazy. Like a lot of the kind of hearkening back to the previous conversation, like a lot of the like, like uh, NPC interaction is, is like, it's it goes like real deep if you really dig into some of that stuff. Um, I, I'd like to uh, just say, with this game, just like any other though, um, I did experience burnout, uh, quest burnout, because like I would do every single quest in the beginning, and then I would start like people would start talking about their problems. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, I'm leaving. <laughs> like I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, this is this is. This is too much for me to care about. As much as I love all the characters, eh, you're not you not so much. I don't have to deal with you. Like I'll talk to someone and I'll be like, "Cool, I got my info." And then there there's like an option of saying like, "Oh, you're having money troubles," and I'm just like, "Nope, leave conversation. I don't want to." <laughs> 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 like I, I don't want to I don't want to mess with that. <laughs> I don't I don't give it. Yeah, I don't I don't give. <laughs> Peace oh, your your child's that, dead. You don't know where they're at. Yeah, uh, I got I got what I needed. I'm I'm out. Oh my god, that happened to me too. Like on Friday night, whenever I started playing like the first DLC, like the the lady was talking about how like her mom was like framed for the like the failing of this like spacer's choice uh, 
um, like experiment or whatever. And after that, I was just like, okay, skip, skip, skip. I don't give a shit what you're saying. I just <laughs> want you. Cause she, at the same time, she was like, I will fucking pay you millions of dollars. And I'm like, that's all I need to know. Just let me do the fucking quest. And she just kept talking. So I was like, skip, skip. I don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Your mom. Cool. Awesome. Experiments. Sweet. Just give me the money. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, like just people talking in that game, like, They'll go on and on. Oh, I just met you. Cool. Let me just drop my whole story onto you. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but some of that stuff is really fun. Like, I don't know if you experienced this on the Groundbreaker, but, like, uh, the Sublight Shipping Company is, like, based on uh, that ship, the Groundbreaker. And if you do enough quests for, like, the CEO of the company she'll start like sending you on missions and detailing that she's stressed out about like aliens from outer space like invading the colony and being like yeah like like some fucking like joe biden is a reptoid type shit like they've like integrated into society and are disguised as humans it's fucking weird dude but it's stuff like that that is so much fun where you just like if you just do enough quests for certain people or you talk to them enough, they just like say and do like fun and weird shit. That's crazy. Like, I, I love that. I love that part of this game. I just love the fucking characters in this game. I'm realizing like the characters are easily like the best part of this game for sure. Definitely. I'm kind of disappointed. I've missed some of that stuff now though. Mm-hmm. Cause by the time I got to Monarch, I was just like sprinting. I was like, I'm on a mission. See you guys later. You know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. To be fair, I experienced a lot of this stuff in my first playthrough. I didn't get around to everything. like. But in my first playthrough, I tried to do like every side quest I could find. I did all the companion quests. I tried to find like every like unique weapon. Like I did everything in this game because I, I just I loved it so much. It was so much fun. And it still is. It's a fucking it's a blast to play. I've got a question. What is your least favorite companion quest and companion? Oh, my least favorite companion? Other than Sam. Um, yeah. Okay. For those who don't know, Sam is a robot with easily, like, literally no personality. We just went on detailing how much we love all the characters. He's a one-noted robot and boring, and he has no companion quest. We don't count him. Yeah, he's just, you know, even in the end of the game, it's just like... Sam went out and convinced everyone that he was the best cleaning bot and his sales skyrocketed and it was like whatever, you know. Yeah, like all of his all of his lines are just about how he's a cleaning robot and it, it, he's he's pretty boring. But I think that's the point, right? Is he's just supposed to be like a a robot, whatever. Um oh, my least favorite companion. And mm, quest. See, I think the problem I don't have a least favorite companion because I love them all. I have one that I like less than the rest. I think for me, probably, probably... Uh, don't tell me. Don't, it's don't either... Say it. Don't say it's Victor It's a Max. combination... No, 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 no. It's, okay, okay. It's, oh, I man. like him a lot. It's probably, probably Felix. Felix might be, what? like, my least favorite. Yeah. I don't know, like... Now that you say it, it's definitely, like, I'm thinking about it, like, yeah. Yeah, like, I wasn't a huge fan of his companion quest. I thought it was cool, and, like, the message it gives is really interesting, but for me, it just wasn't fun. I shouldn't say it wasn't fun, it just kind of wasn't my ideal. 
and I like Felix as a character. Like I said, I don't dislike him. I just think he's my least favorite among a bunch of characters that I absolutely love. He's kind of he kind of just feels like a kid. Like mm-hmm. like you're kind of just like teaching him like how life works with other people. But Yeah, uh, he kind of feels he feels like the little kid who thinks he's tough shit but doesn't know anything, which I think is the point, right? Um he matures quite a bit after you do his companion quest, but um he's mm-hmm. he's kind of just like, you know, Han Solo, like immature, kind of like full of himself, that kind of thing. Well, I would say he's the guy who wants to be like Han Solo because Han Solo is actually cool, whereas that's, Felix is. That's what I meant. He's like the the brain cell that wants to be Han Solo. <laughs> he's not a brain cell. I'm that's kidding. not fair. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine if there was a fucking companion who's just a complete brain cell, just an idiot. Like, just total, like... Ugh, that would be awful. That would be the worst. What if there's he a would companion be, that, that... That character would be my favorite. <laughs> my, my, like, no. Yeah, no, your favorite? <laughs> no. No, that's not what I meant. Don't don't clip that and put that on Twitter and get me in trouble. No, that would be my least favorite character. That would be my least. I'm cutting that bit out. I'm leaving in the part where you say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we gotta leave that in. That's <laughs> Um, did you guys did you listen to the third episode of Call of Save Point? Tully was Tully said he, he his favorite character would be a brain cell. That's kind of <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. I also think it'd be funny <laughs> if there was like a character that like white knighted if he was in your party with another female like Parvati or uh, Neoka or Ellie. Um, and I he feel just like, like Felix does them. that. Like Felix kind of does that a little bit. Like it's obviously meant to be like virtuous, but he's a little bit white knighty. Dude, you know, okay, during uh, Vicar Max's uh, uh, companion quest, I just so happened to have Felix in the squad because I was doing his at the same time. And uh, mm-hmm. we went and uh, got super fucked up and high in the fucking, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the incense room. And the whole time, Felix is just, like, talking crazy shit at uh, Max. <laughs> I, I don't know if you brought him just along. Just, like, s- no, I brought Parvati. Dude, seriously, the whole time, it's like, uh, he's talking with his mom, and he's like, uh, uh, "He's like, oh, this can't be happening. This is crazy." Uh, Felix goes, he says like a one-liner, like, "Ha ha ha, yeah, Max, why don't you stop being so uptight, idiot? Is that right, Captain?" And it like, goes <laughs> to dap you up. What a fucking <laughs> asshole! Seriously, that's, that's so funny. That's what happens, and, and like, there's a dialogue option to say, "All right, quiet down, Felix. <laughs> We're trying to fucking have a conversation." Yeah, right. Oh my god, it was that's funny. fucking awesome. I I like Vicar Max's uh, quest a lot because the whole point of his is to like he's a a priest trying to basically find like the answers of like God and the universe, and his quest ends getting so stoned that he like literally like one high turns him into like a stoner like man the universe is crazy and nothing matters. It is so fucking, like, crazy, like, the change between him being, like, this weird, uptight priest to just being, like, a dude who doesn't give a fuck about anything because none of it matters is so crazy. It is, like, easily one of the, like, most drastic character switches I've seen in, like, any video game ever. Yeah. Um, I I really almost let uh, Max kick that uh, one dude's ass. Yeah, for sure. 
I like I like Vicar Max a lot though. He's he's probably up there for one of my favorites. But I it's hard to not it's hard to not love Parvati as much as I do. I, I like how we were gonna go meet his contact and then we went over there and he goes what the actual fuck are you doing? <laughs> I was like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, guy. This isn't what we talked about happening. You need to chill the fuck out. I'm going to tear you doing. I'm going to kick your ass. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Who, I guess now I should ask you, who's your least favorite? After giving it, like, a lot of thought, I still barely even know because all these characters are pretty li- likable. I mm-hmm. I think I have to agree with you. It's probably Felix um, as much as I mm-hmm. like, like, his uh, skills and his, like, mm-hmm. um, attitude. I mean, like, he's just kind of a lesser uh, character when you have so many, like, hard hitters, you know? Yeah, for sure. Do you have, like, one favorite? I know you said the ones that you take with you the most, but do you have, like, one specific one that you would hold above the rest? I don't know. I I really like Vicar Max because it was just really funny seeing his whole transition. Um, But I also really like Ellie. I'd probably say it's Ellie. Mm-hmm. Ellie I like a lot. Ellie is, like... Ellie is, like, the Han Solo that Felix wants to look up to, basically. Yeah. Like, just the roguish type who doesn't give a fuck about anyone but themselves, but secretly has, like, this, like, feeling deep down that they want to be in a group of people that they can trust and want to love. I like Ellie a lot. Ellie is a ton of fun to just, like having your party she's really fun like probably one of the best characters is just have like shoot the shit with other people with and just like watch their like dynamic interactions because she just says like funny shit all the time yeah um one thing i noticed is i was trying to get into an illegal spot and uh some guard stopped me and uh immediately pans over to ellie and she goes i'm a doctor <laughs> and um the guards <laughs> the guards like what are you talking about and she's like well usually that works <laughs> it's crazy how many people just let you go if you're a doctor <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all of her yeah. one-liners are fucking incredible yeah she's a ton of fun to have in your party it yeah i mean like not to knock on like any other character but um like she had a lot of great just like interactions period more so than some mm-hmm. of the others parvati is kind of like that too just because like her whole character is like she's been stuck in this one little town for her entire life and basically knows nothing about everything else in the universe so like every time you like meet new people she's like all bouncy and like willing to learn stuff and she's like it's almost like a child like learning like like a child learning new shit for the first time and just being like excited about everything it's so fun to just watch her like develop and learn things like um there's a i won't go into like specifics as to what happens in the the dlc but there's a point where you're like talking to a guard that happens to be like on the groundbreaker and he won't let you into this area and you have a a dialogue option to be like you don't want to like you don't want me to go report back that you were an asshole to 
Junlei's girlfriend, right? And the guard's like, what are you talking about? And Parvati chimes up and she's like, that's me, I'm the girlfriend. And it's like, yeah, you fucking are, Parvati. Hell yeah, you are. Like, <laughs> it's just so much, it's so much fun to just watch her, watch her just like learn all these new things and like have all these new experiences and watch her become like a, like a, a person who does and knows shit. It's so much fun. I love her so much. Another interesting character is actually Ada and for a robot, she has a very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She has a very complex character development, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's almost like she learns. Ada is the exact opposite of Sam. Yeah. Like a, a really good robot. Ada is a lot of fun. Like, one of her first interactions with you is, like, because the original ship of the Unreliable, which is your ship in the game, uh, he dies. Uh, And so you go and you talk to Ada, who is, like, the ship's AI, and she's like, so if Alex Hawthorne is dead and I only take orders from Alex Hawthorne, I guess that makes you Alex Alex Hawthorne, Hawthorne, right? And she's, like, trying to imply, like, if you just say you're Alex Hawthorne, you can have the ship. And it's, like, it's so fun to just, like, have this, like, it's almost like a a Jarvis of sorts. Like, you just have this robot who is, like, technically the AI of your infrastructure, but is also kind of, like, their own person with their own personality. Ada is a ton of fun to interact with, for sure towards the end of the game too um there's an interaction you can have where you can ask her if uh she knows that alex hawthorne's dead she goes yeah it's just your identification um but i'm glad it's you mm-hmm. uh, without the unfortunate demise of her original and uh, yeah like another another interaction i liked sorry about that um is um the first time you go into your quarters there's a camera, and if you look at it, um, she goes, I've turned off my peripherals so you can disrobe whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I just like the one where whenever you, like, are in the ship, like, sometimes she'll just say, like, uh, I told you guys not to stop, like, I told you guys not to bring any more of this fertilizer on the ship. Who keeps ordering these? Like, complete, like, like a mom who's frustrated that their kid keeps, like, leaving candy wrappers under their bed. Yeah. <laughs> like she's trying to keep her ship clean damn it you guys keep bringing like cow shit on the fucking thing that's what the sam unit's for it's not if you don't bring them online <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much all i have to say yeah um, i was so... gonna say that's that's about uh all i have uh I would say, I would ask you if you recommend it, but I think we both kind of know the answer for both of us, right? Yeah, definitely recommending this. It's a, yeah. it's a fun I, game. I adore this game with all of my heart, and I, I would recommend that anybody who likes characters being fun and interesting play it, for sure. All right, well, I guess it's time to move on to uh, the segment where I say what the next game is, because it's my turn. I am very excited. You, like, literally 10 minutes before we started to record the show, Declan was looking at my game collection, looking to see if I had a physical copy of it. So I'm very interested to see what it is. Um, To touch on the uh, process, usually I have, like, a rotating circle of games, like, uh, four games that I'm like, 
man, which one do I pick? And then it, whatever comes out of my mouth when I'm saying it is the one. This one, I... It's like a, it's like an item block in Mario Kart. Like you just hit it, and then whatever, whatever, whatever it lands on is what you pick. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like it comes out, and that's what it is. But this time, I actually have a concrete answer because I've been listening to uh, the soundtrack of the game. Um, All right, I'm excited. Let's hear it. Drum roll, please. Probably not because that'll fuck the mic. Um, Final Fantasy 15. Oh shit! Okay, I'm very interested. Yes. Have you ever played uh, this one? Uh, no, I have not. Like the... none of it. So you're completely blind I coming have... in. You said fifteen, right? Yeah, fifteen. Okay. Yeah, I I have not actually. Uh, I remember I bought it at a used like a a buy sell trade like retro game store. Uh, for the Xbox One, and you were telling me, like, the only uh, interaction I've had with this game is you told me that it's not fun without the DLC. Yeah. It's... And then I never I never got around to playing it. So I'm excited to play this for sure. Okay, cool. I'm excited to uh, hear your thoughts. I actually haven't fully beaten this game myself yet, but I want to, so I can't say nice. I am the uh, master of uh, everything this game all right i'm excited though i uh for those who don't know the original first episode was supposed to be final fantasy 7 uh and i quite enjoyed that game uh so i'm excited to to hop back into another final fantasy game for sure we'll have to uh cover seven again in the future at some point but um in the distant future (laughs) yeah we we tried like a handful of times to record it just didn't work out and we were so burnt out of talking about it we had to change the game yeah, Final Fantasy VII <laughs> is definitely a game we'll cover in the future, but for now you're getting the 15th one instead, people. Yes, and uh, I mean, usually I'd say the 13th, but I think I'm saving that. That's a top-shelf game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, that's the, All uh, right. that's the game. That's the show, everybody. That's the game. That's the game we're going to cover next, and that's the show. Uh, um, for, for some reason, that... Uh, well, what you just said made me think of uh, Mario Party, and I'm, I really wanted to say, new record. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> is this a new record? I guess it is, like, the amount of episodes uh, we have and will have uploaded. Yeah. Are we just constantly setting new records every time we upload an episode of the show? Is that how for, this works? For us, definitely not in general, because there, <laughs> there are podcasts with a lot more episodes. <laughs> Yeah, like the fucking Joe Rogan podcast with like a like a thousand episodes or some crazy shit like that. You, you think we'll ever be as big as Joe Rogan? Should we just try to like hostile take over Joe Rogan's show? <laughs> Except with gaming. Yeah. Should, should we'll we talk, slander we'll like... Joe Rogan the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't do that. I, I don't even. All I know about him is that sometimes he smokes cigars and then says dumb shit about vaccines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my only for and he did an episode with Elon Musk, which is the only Joe Rogan episode I've ever listened to. <laughs> I don't think I've listened to any. I've I've heard. I mean, he's the top podcaster in the world, so it's got to be good for something. I guess. Um, but with that, uh, we may not be Joe Rogan, but we hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Uh, that's the episode. <laughs> um, we probably should 
plug our fucking no don't play tiktoks you fucking idiot <laughs> i'm leaving that we in probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is the show everybody okay uh we have a twitter that is at call a save point and we also have uh an email for listener questions um and that email is call a save point podcast at gmail.com so if you have any questions about um the game we just covered or maybe previous games from previous episodes or just i mean any question really whether it be game related or not who knows uh please send those in and uh, we'd love to to hear from the people who listen to our show uh yeah so that's about all we really have to plug for sure thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening everybody bye bye bye